time for the Basser Hour. The Basser Hour is in contrast with www.hadit.com and their radio show. The Basser Hour is an educational look at the quality assurance aspect of all things VA. Now, here's your host, Jay Basser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Basser Hour. Uh, I've got my co-host from today, Mr. Gerald Cook. How are you doing today, Gerald? Well, I'm doing fine, John. How are you? I'm doing wonderful today. I'm doing pretty good. You know, we did some research over the weekend and was talking about a couple of cases that uh, uh, kind of caught our eye. And uh, there's a case out there. It's uh, called Parks versus Shinseki. And uh, we were going to discuss that case and uh, how that case came to light and give a little history on the Parks case. Uh, do you know anything about the case itself, Drew? Well, who, who is Mr. Parks? Well, Mr. Parks, he was an individual or a veteran <laughs> involved in Project 112 Chad. And uh, that, as uh, some of you may be aware of, the 112 Chad uh, veterans uh, were dealing with uh, chemical and biological warfare agents as long along with uh, radiation uh, uh, exposures. So uh, usually when you file a claim for such uh, exposure issues, it's very difficult because uh, most of the information, irregardless of what the BA or anyone else tries to tell you, it's still classified. And... Uh, you may be told otherwise, however, I'll let you know that uh, just try to get your hands on some of it. You'll be quite surprised to get the letters back uh, fully redacted. So, uh, well, it's, it's kind of amazing that uh, our own government would use its own troops. I guess they asked for volunteers, didn't they, to uh, undergo some of these tests? And they actually exposed our troops to nerve gas, Agent Orange, radiation, all kinds of stuff in the cocktail. And they classified everything and made it almost impossible for these veterans to get their benefits. Is that what I'm understanding? That's uh, that's correct, John. Uh, and a lot of them had to sign uh, waivers, you know, or uh, secret agreements and this and that. Boy, they threaten you with Fort Leavenworth if you mentioned it to anyone uh, outside of the test uh, personnel. And uh, it was a pretty spooky deal. They really threw a good scare into you. And back when they were done these tests, uh, you know, they, they would lock you up. <laughs> and not like today. But, I think they should have used uh, death row inmates and things like that for that kind of stuff. What do they use their own troops for? That's a human rights violation. Well, you know, they're, they're not even allowed to use prisoners for this type of stuff. Prisoners of war, they're not allowed to use. Uh, but yet they can use their own troops. They should use uh, death row inmates or something like that. Or, yeah. You know. uh, it, it's unreal. And it's horrible situation. Because that's left a lot of veterans and their families out here with no means of recourse. I mean, uh, uh, most veterans I was in the service with would, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were told what to do, and they went, they did it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if you didn't do it, you went to Leavenworth. It was pretty simple uh, uh, criteria, so... If you volunteered for something, you're damn sure going to go do it. <laughs> well, but, uh, it's part. a sad, sad deal, and and there's a lot of uh, sick veterans. But anyway, Mr. Parks here, or Veteran Parks, he filed a claim, and then it got denied, and he filed appeals, and and uh, uh, if there's any one case. Uh, that would apply to all veterans. This would certainly be one. It's well worth the read. Look it up. Parks versus versus Sanseki, and yeah. uh, 
you'll understand what what we're saying when you get to the end of it. It don't matter if you was exposed to whatever. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Mr. Parks was a double. He was a double dipper. He served in Vietnam in '64 to '66. And then he participated in the SHAD or the Project 112. The, the DOD program was called 112, and it had a, a sub-program for the Navy called SHAD, which is the uh, shipboard hazard. And uh, they had a little ship running around the Pacific Ocean there, spraying it and doing all kinds of stuff to it and ducking in and out. And the folks on that ship, and they had done all kinds of tests, chemical and biological agents, uh, nerve gas. These poor people, I tell you. But uh, Mr. Parks filed a VA claim, as Gerald said. And, of course, the VA likes to use the word deny because I don't think they have an approval stamp. They've got a deny stamp, and they use the crap out of it. So. <laughs> yeah, so they bought him by the box load, you know. Yeah, he got his, uh, and he got some representative. Looks like his representation was the uh, disabled American veterans. Okay, and we're going to make a point, folks, during the show here because we're going to let you make your own mind up, but I want to put these ideas, you know, out there and let you make your own mind up as to what happened to this guy. Uh, basically, Mr. Parks got, uh, he got, he got a, a royal screw in it, his whole deal. And we're going to explain why that happened. And uh, I know we'll bring it into the light, but Mr. Parks, he appealed his, he appealed his decision, okay, and they sent him for a, a C&P exam. And someone in the government within the VA wrote this directive up saying that the chemicals and things like that used in this test had no long-term effects on the veterans involved. Now, if that was written by someone in the administrative office or whatever, I guess it was from, because we've seen other studies showing that there is long-term effects. So this, this is, somebody reached out of their uh, back cavity and pulled, put this word in, and the VA looked at it and ran with it. They do that if it's negative to a claim. They find something, they'll run with it, and that's the way it is. Right now, it's just the same right now as this, uh, as some idiot judge come up here saying that uh, uh, Blue Water Navy, if you're off the coast of Vietnam sitting in a harbor, that uh, you know you wasn't exposed to Agent Orange, even though you drank the crap out of the water when Agent Orange got in the rivers and creeks and ran into the bays, right, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible, yeah. too. So they grab a straw and hang on to it, and they hang on to it with a death grip. And I tell you, well, it's like somebody trying to come and take your guns. They're going to pry it out of your cold, dead hands, right? That's so, right. They sent this poor guy, Mr. Parks, to a C&P exam, which is a compensation pension exam. For you folks that don't understand the VA language, I'll try to simplify this as much as possible. But a C&P exam is they send you to an examination to get an opinion as to the uh, issue your claim and whether or not it's related to service or not, and they look at all the information and evidence. This CMP examiner looks at this person, you know, and makes looks up. And the next thing you know, they see this uh, directive that uh, there's no long withstanding effects of this of this of this exposure to the veteran. So the CMP examiner writes this big thing up saying that there's no there's no uh, what do you call it? There's no relation between the veteran's disease and his exposures and service, so the veteran got denied. Uh, the CMP examiner in this case was a nurse practitioner. Okay, note number one, you guys might want to write this down, nurse practitioner. Okay, now we know that a medical doctor has to go through four years of medical school and has to go through uh, uh, residents in internships before they can even start practicing medicine on their own. And that education and that practice results in a lot of theory and a lot of study. And they have to look up and do a lot of studying because they have a lot of cases they have to look at and see, you know, and try to get an education as to what they think could be wrong with a person once they make a diagnosis. Nurse practitioner doesn't do that. They go to nursing school. Okay, nursing school is how to give IV shots, put on Band-Aids. I don't think they get too much into theory as far as, you know, what caused disease or any scientific issues. So if they're making I opinions like this. A, a couple of years after nursing school, don't they, John? They get their you master's, get yeah. Nurse, yeah. But it's get all about the money, Gerald. Once you get your bachelor's and you see that the guy with the master's is making $30,000 more a year, they go two more years of Band-Aid school. Yeah. 
Okay, it's all about yeah. the money. But still, it doesn't make them nowhere near a doctor. No, no, I don't. Okay. And, of course, an age nurse practitioner, they've got a doctor that they work under. They're supposed to, doctors are supposed to, you know, look at all this stuff and, and, and make sure they did their job right. Well, they missed this case because it, there's no research effect put involved, and they just, once they've seen that VA issue information about the, the exposure, then they put up a big stop sign, a roadblock, and a cattle guard across the road, and if you go across it, you're going to blow your tires out. So that shut it off right there. In that situation, they appealed again, and it went to the court. And the court had no other choice, no choice at all, but to go against this veteran and affirm the VA's decision because the veteran did not follow up correctly. His representation did not advise him correctly on what to do. This guy should have went and got another opinion outside the nurse practitioner from a licensed medical doctor. And the doctor should have stated some research about this issue and explained to them what the long-term exposure effects were, these gases and these chemicals, to, to the person involved, the person exposed. Well, he did get, I think it kind of stair-stepped up and mm -hmm. then bit him in the end. Uh, uh, John, because they awarded him uh, the first time 30%. Mm -hmm. Then he come back and he fought him on that and got up to 70%. Mm -hmm. Then he come back and he was trying to get his 100% with TDIU. But mm -hmm. uh, that's when the court nailed him for not challenging the nurse practitioner. Bingo. And, uh, and uh, that's uh, any time, and this is the main, the main point of this whole, whole story here is if you go for a CMP examination and you don't like the results that the CMP examiner wrote down, or submitted, you have the right to challenge that. You can say, I disagree, but you have to challenge it. If mm -hmm. you don't, when you get to the end of the line, which could be several years down the road, and the judge says, oh, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's what happened in this case. And he yep. was just trying to get TDIU. Yep. And the judge says, no, because you never come back and challenge the nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. Now, that's to me, that's wrong. But well, that's the way it is. Anytime you're filing a claim and you're like this guy right here, okay, you've got the issues for Agent Orange uh, exposure, even though you served in Vietnam. Okay, you need to put down that your issue is due to a result of agent only exposure or chemical exposure, but you need to add a, a, add a little sense to that. Either during my service in Vietnam or, or my participation in 112 or both. Yeah. You see where I'm coming? You see where I'm getting at? Yes. Uh, yes. I, I, I can see that, and that's right. I had a buddy uh, that did that. He was in 112 Chad with me, and also in Vietnam. Right. And he did it. Uh, uh, he did it that way. Uh, I, I advised him to do it that way because it'd be either or, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're you're. <laughs> Same thing with PTSD. If you're filing a claim for PTSD, you don't want to file a claim for PTSD or file a pinpoint depression claim. You want to file a claim for a mental health disorder to include or any issue or you know any any mental health issue as a result of your service. Because they'll pinpoint if you ask for PTSD or a certain issue and they diagnose you with another issue like depression, 
then yeah. they're going to pinpoint you back. That denial letter is going to pinpoint what you didn't pinpoint. So you're they're splitting hairs. <laughs> they're splitting hairs now. Don't give them the opportunity to deny your claim. Uh, and and your your VSOs or attorneys, most attorneys are aware of this situation and yeah. can handle it. Uh, uh, but a lot of VSOs, uh, it seems, when you get deeper into it, when you you have to have your act together, mm-hmm. uh, they're not, they're they're lacking in the knowledge to uh, combat. Uh, the the opposition. Uh, that's right. the way I'm saying. Uh, it's right. just plain and simple. That's true. And they and they don't play. You know, to me this is a no-brainer. But uh, one thing, John and I discuss this in depth. One point in this stress because everybody. Uh, uh, trying to get comp and pension has to go through a CMP examination. And this this one court case right here should drive it in your head how important it is. Uh, if you're dissatisfied with that examination, it don't do no good to slap that examiner upside the head. Not at all. But no. you can disagree with them. You can file a a notice of disagreement. I challenge this guy. I challenge his credentials. That's what you challenge. The qualifications and credentials are what you have to challenge. Yes, and that's very important. Very important. <clears throat> See, the VA don't want to... Uh, that's why these nurses are doing these exams to begin with. They say they have a doctor shortage, but they don't want to hire the doctors to do the exams because the administrators get bonuses for saving money. Well, one doctor can handle, uh, he can have how many uh, nurse practitioners under his thumb. You know, he could have a dozen of them. You don't know. Oh, yeah, and they do. He just signed signing off on all of them. He yeah, I'm sure he wants to read all that stuff. He ain't read nothing. He just having him another cocktail, maybe around the golf. <laughs> uh, you know. uh, yeah, you challenge the credentials, and best way to do that is how, Gerald. Well, that's uh, a notice of disagreement, or you get another IMO. You get your own independent medical. You opinion. go get your own independent medical opinion now. According to the VA, you cannot get a medical opinion for PTSD or for mental health issues. It has to be a, if it's a private diagnosis, it has to be from a treating physician. So they just about took the gambit out there and uh, made it impossible for the veteran to get anything through that aspect. But from a, for a, for another disability besides mental health, you can get an independent medical opinion, you know. And uh, there's ways to do it and do it right, you know. If you have a doctor that knows. You can go see an outside uh, psychiatrist. uh, You can't see an outside psychiatrist unless you get treated by them. Well, that's right. Get treatment by them. Yeah. And uh, then have them write write the uh, independent medical opinion or IME Mm -hmm. on them independent medical examination. That's a very important uh, point, Gerald. You don't need an IMO. You need an IME. You need an examination. But yeah, that. that's right. Um, and, uh, it's worth doing that, folks. Yeah. Now, don't, don't mess around thinking they're going to do the right thing. Maybe you get say, oh, maybe I'll get lucky. It ain't going to yeah. happen. Right. You need a relationship and nexus is what you need from a competent yeah. medical doctor. And this medical doctor will also, if it's if he's a good enough doctor, will also explain the credentials and the difference between the educational requirements for his opinion versus what the nurse practitioner wrote up. Now I've seen some I've seen some doctors really, you know, I guess it aggravates some of these IMO doctors that these nurses are getting by with these opinions and these folks are getting uh, getting screwed over with that issue. 
you know, I had that uh, happen uh, when I had my last CMP, and uh, oh my God, you wouldn't think I was talking about the same guy. I read this. This ain't me. What in the world is going on here? So I did get a independent uh, medical opinion from Dr. Bash and uh, submitted it to counteract the uh, uh, CMP examiner. Mm-hmm. And when this got up to the court, the judge, when it got submitted to the judge, the judge actually really browbeat not only the CMP examiner, but the CMP examiner's superior, which was a a medical doctor. Uh, You read that, didn't you, John, on how that judge wrote that? Uh, She chastised him. However, she did come down hard on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just one example uh, why it's so important to challenge that CMP examiner. Well, see, uh, they failed. They, they they failed to provide any literature in your case, and, uh, and they kept yeah, saying, "Well, they could get their hands on this and that because DOD wouldn't give it to them." Well, now actually, that's the uh, uh, that was the uh, uh, okay. Claims, uh, uh, what's the name of that place? Oh, that's the uh, Appeals Management Center. Appeals Management Center. Or or was that the uh, was that the National Resource Center? No, that was before the Appeals Management. Center. <laughs> it was the BVA anyway. Hey, uh, folks, I've been to all of them. <laughs> yeah, well you've been around again, but. But, uh, 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 you know, and the judge finally said enough is enough. But, uh, now, however, that don't help my case because they, it's just another remand, so I'm talking another couple of years. What you want to do is avoid that. Right. Get her done you, right the first time. Don't you think that this person, Mr. Parks, is representative should have advised him on what to do the correct way. That's the important I say there comes a point in time when you have to dismiss your BSO and secure a proper legal advice mm. attorney uh, that's schooled in veterans uh, law. Uh, yeah. And there's some very good ones out here. I'll tell you yeah. that. Don't wait right. till your claim is in such a shambles before you secure one that it's, you know, even for the business attorneys, it's a challenge. Uh, but yeah. uh, do it early on as possible. Right. That's what I think. Right. Now, uh, you know. The sooner the better. The day you've got your claim in, the day you get that denial letter in the mail, That's you better you get start looking. Start looking. There's a form you can get to fire your VSO, and you can pick up an attorney. Uh, your attorney yeah. will take care of that for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that should take care of for you. But just make sure that uh, you know you guys are on the same page. Uh, your attorney yeah. will talk to you. And, of course, most folks have a misconception about attorneys, you know, especially in Social Security. Uh, I know an attorney that does all these claims, and I hear these people talking, well, that guy's just way too slow. He's this and this. I'll use somebody else or whatever, you know. And you listen to them saying that to you, and that you, you know you, you know the system because, you know, you've been through it and other folks that have, but you know that it's not the attorney that's the slow. It's the, it's the system that's slow. The attorneys, you know, he's up to the he's up he he's up to the mercy of the system involved because he can't control that as far as scheduling when they get things done because you know he's outside the loop just like we are. But your representatives, like they 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 have little tricks and secrets that they know, 
and you know, and they want something works for an attorney, and they usually grab onto it pretty quick. Yeah. And they advise their constituents or their clients to do this and that to you know help their clients you know effectively win their claim in their case. Uh, I haven't seen a VSO actually do that. I mean, there's so much other probably do that are good. I mean, now I'm not dogging VSOs. Everybody's got a job to do, but. It's education, it's the knowledge, skills, and abilities of the attorney versus VA law versus folks that are, you know, that are not attorneys. I know some agents that are pretty good, you know, that are not actually, uh, doesn't work for a particular VSO agency. But, you know, they do it enough to where they can help a veteran too. So that's the biggest issue that you have to look at is, is you know, because you your claim is your livelihood. And you need to get the best representation that you can get. And if it costs you some money to do it, you're better off getting it done no matter what. Because if you lose the claim, you get nothing. And if you win your claim down the road later on, you know, it could take you three or four more years to even get it done. What kind of shape are you going to be in then to get it done? So that's the issue uh, right there. I know. Uh, you're talking about IMOs. Uh, and attorneys, uh, I was talking with Bob Walsh about this. He said uh, he was telling me so many doctors do charge uh, uh, some, you know, uh, quite a sum of money, and and but mm-hmm. some of them have to go all out, and, and they really earn that money. But a poor veteran don't always have it. Now I went to this uh, doctor Bartell down at. Uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, very good. Uh, he, he has a very nice clinic down there. Uh, uh, staffed uh, very well. Uh, has MRI machines and x-rays and the whole ball of wax. And uh, he is a neurologist and an Agent Orange specialist. And he only, uh, he used my... Uh, a Medicare. Uh, he took my Medicare, and uh, my out-of-pocket expense, as far as he was concerned, was only seven or eight hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, if you get lucky. But, uh, yes, I did. <clears throat> but it's not often you run into that. Some of them, have, like if you, you know, uh, you can go to a comp doctor, and they'll, some of them will write IMOs for you. But uh, they're going to charge you. I don't know how much, but you know the, the price varies. Uh, you pay for what you, you get, what you pay for. In other words. Yeah, well, it depends. If a doctor's a treating physician and does AMOs like that too, you know, he can probably get away with you know doing your insurance and things like that because you know he's looking at a condition for you and he'll, he'll help you and he'll give you recommendations and medicine and things like that and how to control your issues. Uh, yeah, mostly I got IME docs. Yeah. Most of these IME docs, you know, they don't, they're not treating physicians. They're basically hit men. They're IME doctors. And they'll yeah. probably charge, you know, a certain sum. They probably won't, they won't take your insurance because they don't, you know, you know, they can't take your insurance if they don't treat you. So that's how they explain uh, it, you know. Now, if you're dealing with these IMOs, there's something you have to realize, folks. You get what you pay for. Um, be careful about some of these IMOs because, you know, the VA and the VA law and the way that the VA law is manipulatory and, 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 and the way that it actually is worded, you need a doctor that knows the, that knows the VA and how they word things. You know, for example, the VA loves the term, uh, well, they love the term less likely as not because that means they can say denied. Yeah. You know, and the, 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 they've got buzzwords, okay? Now, if the doctor writes most likely or was due to, that means he's pretty much certain that your issue is caused by service or whatever. If he says yeah. at least as likely or not, then that means he's 50% he's on the fence, okay? However, that fence goes both ways. At least as likely as not is a 50% issue, and that kicks in the benefit of the doubt rule if the VA applies that rule properly to your claim. Okay, it's the weight of the evidence. If it weighs 50% equal to what the other side equals, then they have to award in the veteran's favor. That's in the Title 38 CFR, folks. Read that. If it's less likely or not or was not due to, 
you need to go ahead and get ready to fight because you know the denial letter's coming. That's how you uh, look for at sure. it. That's for sure, read this, Park versus Sinsiki. Uh, yes, read Park versus Sinsiki. That, uh, that, that will open your eyes to the importance mm-hmm. of this. This poor guy went through all through all them appeals and everything else, and he gets down to the end of the road, and just because he didn't challenge a CMP examiner, uh, he 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 lost. Of course, I'm sure he appealed, but he might have won on appeal. But this particular time, he he lost that case. Yeah, he did. He didn't get now, his hundred percent, and that's a lot of money he lost. Now, Gerald, you're talking challenge, okay? Let's say the word challenge, okay? Challenge is not you write a notice of disagreement and say, I disagree with this doctor's opinion or this nurse's opinion. A challenge is written in a way that, you know, has to be uh, written very, very concisely. Uh, You can challenge it, but you need to get your IME and get that information together and explain to them why that you ch- that you're challenging it. I disagree with this nurse practitioner's opinion because one, the education requirements and to render this type of opinion requires a medical doctor with a certain level of education based on you know blah 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 or whatever. And your the IME doctor will write that out for you as far as that, that you can turn it into the VA that way. That gets them people, oh, okay, this guy knows what he's doing, a uh, pretty sharp character, we'll have to accept this, we can't ignore this. Because even if they ignore it at the regional office level, it gets to the BVA, it becomes pres- precedential because they have to look at it. You know, once they put the file together and they have to certify the copy of the file, then they have to look at that statement. And if that statement carries some weight, yes, they have to consider it. Look at Look at it this way. The CMP examiner, and it shouldn't be this way, but this is the way it is. A CMP examiner, he's challenging you. He's going to put a bunch of junk down that's totally nonsense. Right. So I look at it this way. He challenged me with a BB gun. I'm going to challenge him back with a 12-gauge. Now, that's what you got to do to him. Well, theoretically speaking, I, I, I don't mean... Uh, <laughs> it rolls downhill. You have to have a higher level of ammunition for your challenge. You you have to show them exactly why. Yeah, you've um, got to have a bigger hammer. <laughs> right. I don't do any direct advertising, folks, for certain doctors, you know, as far as, uh, you know, this IMOs. Um, you know, but you have to let history and, and, and results actually... Uh, take precedent, you know, if you got a doctor out there that's very successful in doing these and knows the VA well enough, you know, to where the VA thinks he's a hired hit man, then you realize he's, he's doing something right. You know what I mean, Gerald? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so you guys can reach out if you need an IMO. You guys go ahead and reach out to whatever doctor you want to, but I'll strongly recommend you use Craig Bash. I uh, do, doc, too. Uh, I've used him very happy with him, and yeah. I know several others that have too, and they've been successful. Uh, Doctor Bash, I mean, he will come in and see. He'll come to the veteran. You know, he, he likes doing do IMEs. And I want to tell you something else. If you have a denial, and he gets an IMO, you get an IMO from Doctor Bash, and Doctor Bash will go to the regional office to your DR hearing. He will he go will. with you. Yeah, he will. He will uh, stand by his IMO. He'll back yeah, he it will. Up. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, you can't ask for nothing better than that. Uh, I mean, he just come into town uh, for wasn't that your uh, father-in-law or granddad? My grandfather. Uh, uh, grandfather, your grandfather. Yeah, back uh, the month, the was he come yeah. in and uh, stood up for him there. And, right. Uh, I'm telling you, that's uh, that's saying a lot for somebody. Uh, Doctor Bash, true. he he's uh, he 
disabled uh, individual. He's himself. an Air Force uh, disabled vet himself. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair. Yes, he is. Yeah. And, uh, and we have a lot of similar issues. Uh, but bless yeah. his heart, he he, you know, he has he cares, has to he cares be, about veterans. He has to live. He cares about veterans, Doctor Bash does. He he'll do you a good job. He'll do a fair job. That's right. Um, you know, and he's a very, very, very intelligent man. Very intelligent, you know. And uh, but that's enough on the talk bash. Let's get back. To <laughs> but your representation, folks, makes a lot of sense. I mean, you have to realize you need good quality representation when you're doing your claim. And quality assurance is the key to anything related to the VA. If the VA had strong enough quality assurance department, we wouldn't have all these claim delays and mistakes. Okay, we wouldn't have... Right uh, about that. We wouldn't have the Phoenix VA scandal where veterans died waiting on medical care because somebody cooked the book showing that uh, they weren't out over their extended time getting care, even though the system looked at it and said, oh, you did great. Here's your bonus money, you know. Yeah. Isn't that, that goes That goes to show you anything in life. Greed is the biggest issue. And a lot of greedy folks out there, folks, there's a lot of greedy people out there. I've seen greedy people do this stuff. They want that money, and, they, you know, it's free money, right? It's a bonus. It's bonus money. They've got to pay some taxes on it, but still it's free money. They do anything they can do to get to it. They'll manipulate, connive, and scheme just to get that free money. <clears throat> it's just human nature. It doesn't matter if it's the VA. It doesn't matter if it's a bass tournament. The guy's putting fish in a basket. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could be anything. Um, it happens all over the world. Greed is the worst thing that you'll ever see. You know, I mean, I guess they, they want to know he who dies is the most wins. I guess that's what they what they think. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's uh, we just live on this rented piece of rock that we live on, and uh, you know we can you know we can say we own something, but you know, a hundred years from now, who else going to own it? <laughs> yeah, we we don't you know, own nothing. <clears throat> We're just <laughs> paying tax. You can't spend money from the grave. <laughs> no. You know, you can't take it with you either. Somebody dig it up and steal it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, you know, don't do what this guy did. This guy, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure at the time he thought he was doing a good thing. You know, that's fine. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty because once you look in the back of something as it comes forward and you realize where, where, where you goofed up at. <clears throat> and you need to make sure that you've got your T's crossed, your I's dotted, and you've got good representation. Well, study this. This court case, because you know, this will answer a lot of questions for you. Yeah. And, uh, don't and I'm get sure it's not the only CMP examiner. Go in and get your CMP examination done and go on over. Yeah, don't, don't get mad, get even. Don't get mad, get even. Be nice. Be nice. Uh, and you can go in and crawl on his shoulder all you want. They, they don't care. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry you have all this trouble. Yeah, don't misunderstand. Some of these nurses are good, and some of these nurses are going in your favor and get you service connected. You know, I mean, I've had positive experience myself. But then also, my first CM, my first, my first CMP examiner I had couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time. Well, that was mine. I'm serious tonight, you know. I didn't know it until I went to work for the department she was in. <laughs> I said, oh, Lord, <laughs> I better get ready to fight. But uh, don't take it personally. Uh, uh, this is, when you read this, you'll get an idea or inkling what, what we're trying to get the point across here. That's the point. Uh, don't you know get what? upset about that CMP examination. No, no, not do that. There's no reason to do that, you know. No, don't get upset, you. Say, mm-hmm. oh, no, it's all a game. Problems. It's all a game. Well, 
uh, it's a serious game, but it is a serious game. game. Yes, it is. It's a game of life. And uh, don't don't let them whip up on you. Just sit down. Say now. Uh, Go to the Hat website and look on there. Some some of uh, takes. There's a wealth of knowledge there on the Hat website. You're not going to get any better than that. And uh, and and look at the history and and see how many people has had trouble with CMP examinations, and how many, and see how many of them have just let it eat them up. Don't let that examination eat you up. Yeah, you want to search eating inside out. It. You get a good IMO or something, or even if you're going to an outside doctor, get a letter IMO from him. Uh, uh, I got one from my doctor here now. I got three or four of those things. You know? uh, kind of reminds me of that little uh, boxer. Uh, I guess he was from Ireland. There was the Ireland Wayne McCulley. You remember him, Gerald? Yeah. <laughs> that little guy, he, he's a, he was a lightweight, a little bitty guy. And he was one of the best boxers in the world. Uh, it don't matter how big the guy he was up against, he always won the fights. And when the bell rang, that little guy come out punching. And he didn't let up to the last bell ring. I mean, they was talking about how many thousands of punches he threw during the fight. And eventually somebody, they'd go down because, you know, he just wore them out. It's kind of like getting stung by a bunch of hornets. So he's living proof that once you start something, don't give up. Yeah, just... uh... It's a war of words, is what it boils down to, and and uh, so you just got to be able, and you got a lot in your favor. You don't don't even realize, uh, and you have just if you have a question, post it there and had it. Somebody will, uh, like I say, there's a lot of knowledge there, and. And someone will help you. If you get a bad CMP examination, don't let it wear on you. Say, oh, well, that'll cost me a postage stamp, and I'll have to send a letter, you know. <laughs> All right, let's, let's jump into one more thing, Gerald. We've got a few more minutes to discuss on the show. Uh, Go ahead. Clear and unmistakable error. Oh, my. A lot of you folks that's dealt with had it know what that means, but uh, clear and unmistakable error is an error that is made on your claim. It can be made either two ways. You can make it yourself and the VA can make it. If you make it yourself and the VA catches it, they're going to do what they can do to reverse what they decided because of that error. That's just the way they are. If they make the error, uh, what, what gets me is they can do it at any time. But if you make if they make the error, you got to wait till you wait till your claim's dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're supposed to once you once the years pass since you filed a claim where you got the denial letter, and you see a mistake that they've made that's uh, basically undebatable. That uh, you know that reasonable minds reverse it. That uh, it's legal error. Then you can file a Q claim. That Q claim opens it back up. But they've got to you know if it's pressed in enough, they've got to pay you back to the date you first filed originally filed. Um. You know, that's a pretty powerful tool, won't you? Because there's a lot of cues made by the VA. Um, there's a lot of veterans out there that, uh, especially a lot of Vietnam veterans out there that got denied years ago. And then uh, Nehmer came in and changed a lot of their aspects around and done stuff. They're supposed to review a lot of stuff. But a lot of these veterans are dead and gone. You know, their issues took care of them and they're dead. So they're, you know, they, they have no idea, and their wives have no idea that these changes have been made. And so, if you think you've got a Q claim, you know, I'd run it by somebody and see. Don't let a VSO tell you that you can't file a Q claim. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's why. We saw a thing on had it the other day. Uh, somebody posted something about one of the VSOs. I'm not going to go out and say the name of the Veteran Service Organization, but according to their bylaws, they work for the VA, not the veteran. Did you see that, Gerald? Yes, I did. Boy, I hugged my head in shame when I seen it. Yeah, so 
you know the rest of the story now. Paul Harvey was right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir, he was. Um, so. But, but uh, don't be afraid of the Q claims. You know, I kind of have a question here myself. Uh-huh. If the VA was give you a zero rating, like you right. had a bum leg, and they said, well, you got a bad leg, you walk with a gant, but we're going to give you a zero rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they give it, give you a zero rating. Can you come back on them with a cue game saying, look, this is wrong. you got to give me at least 10%. If you meet the requirements at the time the decision was made, okay, that's the biggie. It has to be your condition at the time the decision was made. If you look at the Title 38 Part 4, Schedule for Rating Disabilities, and you have a leg issue, and you look down the leg issue and you look and you see the 0%, you see the 10%. If you have got anything that's remotely considered to a 10% rating and they try to discount it or lower it, that means they lowballed your claim. You can file a Q claim because it's a misapplication of the rating schedule. That's the rule they broke. Okay? Yes. That's legal okay. error because I was the Title to 38. Yeah. But, but you have a time frame there, don't you, John? No. There's no time frame on a Q claim. Okay. Okay. There's no so, time frame on a Q claim. If they made the decision 20 years ago and you filed a Q and you've been 0% for 20 years and you back up and prove you deserve 10%, they're going to write you a check for 20 years, 10%. Yeah. Um, of course, they'll have, to ch- they'll have to make it every year because of the uh, raises and all that stuff involved. And they'll, they'll break it down for you real easy. Now, we know a guy from Haddon who just won a Q claim. Yeah. Now, if you go to a CMP examination or to the doctor and you file a claim for e- your ears, and they service-connect your hearing loss, and they give you 0% for tinnitus, and you've got tinnitus. You've got a very good chance at a Q claim, because I know a guy just won one. I just won one. Yep, you're all just won a Q uh, claim for tinnitus. Uh, actually, uh, it turned out quite good. It was a Q. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they had given me zero. And so I think they, they should pay you interest. That. I think it was a Q, they should pay you interest. But, I think they uh, need to discuss that with Washington. Uh, they wrote a pretty good letter back that, they, you know, uh, it was a Q indeed. And and they did give me back pay uh, uh, several years. It was, it was enough I could at least fill my gas tank. Well, it's not so surprised, too, would it? Yeah, well, that's all right, girl. You better get you a bigger bank account, because i got a feeling one of these days that things will get knocked out and the bank's not going to be leaving the woodside. <laughs> 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 they're going to have, have, they're, they're gonna well, have to dig up a new foundation. I'm getting, I'm getting worried now. John Rush is about broke, so they won't build ball from Russia. Maybe China, they can borrow some money from China. Now they got plenty of money. You must get you an account at Fort Knox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I'll get that much. No, but listen, you claims are important. Very important. Now, if you were rated on an issue, say, for example, you filed a claim 10 years or 15 years ago, and yeah. they say, we can't find your records, and then you try to reopen that claim Two or three years later, after you're now, and don't you don't uh, you don't turn in your notice of disagreement. It's state, you know, it's considered dead. Your claim is considered dead, but then you file another claim, and you realize that they've got your records, and you see that uh, uh, you should get awarded for what you originally filed for, and they try to screw you out of your fact that they they give you a later effective date. There's another cue. Missing Service Department Records, Title 38 CFR 3.156. If your claim was awarded based on records that were unavailable at the time the initial decision was made, then they have to go back and consider that because that is a cue. 
same thing. Same thing with a discharge upgrade. If you go get, say, if you got booted out in Vietnam because they say you had a personality disorder when you actually had PTSD, and they change your discharge to a general, and you filed a claim for PTSD, and you filed it, say you filed the claim 20 years ago, and they said, we're sorry, you got a bad discharge. Bingo. Yeah. I'm okay, that just, uh, that's fixing to happen a lot because they just changed some stuff. They're upgrading discharge left and right because guys, DOD wasn't giving nobody a break. They knew it was going to happen. They knew it was during the wartime. They knew these guys were messed up because, you know, they'd seen some stuff, and they're like, well, and they started acting up a little bit and having these problems. They said, discharge, personality disorder. Yeah. Discharge, personality disorder. A lot of them got general discharges, you know, in their own conditions, but a lot of them got uh, uh, other OTHs. Yeah. You know. Section so, 8. Yeah, uh, well, no, Section 8 is an honorable discharge. Section eight is usually yeah. M H discharge, yeah. So you know, but uh, O T H is a little bit different. You know, it's just just under a general. I mean, the general is where it yeah. stops. To get your, you can get VA benefits under a general general yeah. discharge. If you got an O T H, it has to be upgraded. If you have got a big chicken dinner or uh, a D H D, you're done. Forget it. The red light at the front door. That's how the VA determines. That's how they determine your character service because that's the first thing they look at is your D214. The first line they look at is that discharge because if they see something other than honorable or general, then that's the automatic letter right there. They're done. It all bucks stop there. You won't even process nothing. They'll send you a letter saying, we're sorry, but you don't qualify for benefits because of so-and-so and this and that because of your discharge. Yeah, if you have less than a general or honorable, you need to get that changed, and there's a way of doing that. So, if you got an OTH, you can do it. But yeah. I don't think you should. I don't think you have a chance if you got a if you got a uh, big chicken dinner or uh, or a, or a uh, dishonorable. You can forget it. You know, because yeah. usually to get a to get a big chicken dinner, you've got to commit a pretty serious crime. You know, so that happens a lot. You can read the sports pages on military.com. It'll show you who's who and what's what and who's getting kicked out and all that stuff. You can see what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, but it's possible. You know, anything's it, possible. It's hard to get one turned around uh, if you get a DD. Uh, uh, there have to really be some some extenuating circumstances, I think. If you do well, get one turned around. Yeah, if you get one turned around. If not, it's turned upside down. Yeah. But don't be like Mr. Parks, folks. Make sure you got your T's crossed, your I's dotted, and you got a good lawyer. Absolutely. The, the attorney... My opinion is the way to go. As soon as you get to first denial, look it over, and uh, usually uh, uh, you can look at that denial and they explain everything, and you say, "Look, I think I've done everything right," but they say I haven't. Uh, go ahead and get an attorney at that time if you can find one. They might advise you to continue on. Uh, it, it depends on the attorney. It depends on every case is different. It depends on your circumstances. Uh, if, if you get a, earlier, you can get an attorney involved, the better. It will yeah. save you time in the overall length. Uh, the mean, day you, you get know, that denial letter, you can bring the attorney on. Yeah, you sure can. And if you can find one that'll take it, that. Just ask for recommendations. They are some good attorneys, and there's more coming on board all the time. Well, there's, so you know, I'm glad to see be, that. There's more because it's a uh, issue. You know, you know, there's money involved and things like that. Yeah. You know, 
you know, of course, attorneys want to make sure that they understand that these veterans are disabled people. Yeah. And that every veteran's got issues like this that have claims in them like that. You know, there's a lot of them that have complexity issues in their claims. Well, there's some that have some very simple mistakes and errors in it that can be called a slam dunk. Yeah. Okay, and I want to advise the attorneys itself, you know, that uh, organizations and things like that look at look at this. Uh, you know, we don't want uh, people to come in and just cherry-pick claims and get what they think, you know. Because in all fairness to the veteran, that's not that, that's not the way to go. Yeah. Understand? Yeah, that sure you is. Know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can, you know, anybody can cherry-pick claims. You know, you can show the guy the right way and what to do, and, you know, that's fine. But you consider easy money, I guess, what we call cherry picking claims. Yeah. Well, a lot of veterans have got a lot of complex issues, too, because you've got a lot of folks that had exposure and things like that. Uh, got a lot of folks exposed to JP5 and different things. Even some of the bug sprays in the Korea on uniforms. Yeah. Absolutely. I got a friend of mine that uh, is a retired sergeant major. Yeah. E9. He's had skin cancer. He's had uh, prostate cancer. And he, he served in Curry right next to the DMZ. Of course, that was before they decided they, you know, it was before Agent Orange was used, according to DOD. But yeah. they did have, he had to take his uniform issues, and they put so much crap in it with bug spray and stuff, the insecticide, that he had to have his house person wash his uniforms again before he could wear them. Yeah, so, and it was in Korea. You know, of course, I wouldn't want to be in Korea now with the Fruit Loop up in the northern part. <laughs> oh, my land. Yeah. Is he the one that called Obama a monkey? I think that's, that's what I said. They called, they called our president a monkey. Oh, Last time somebody done that was Gaddafi, and uh, I think they found a tomahawk on his front door, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, they shouldn't do that. No. But they shouldn't do that. Anyway, you know. folks, please read this Park versus Shinseki. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's well worth to read. Actually, study it because if you're following the claim and, and it gives you an idea of what you do in 2014 or 15. Yeah, 15 here next week. It's going to pay off in, in 2020. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, we do do a series on the Bachelor Hour in, in the SVR show or the Had It Radio show. Uh, we try to do at least one show a year of what not to do. And we try to add a little humor in it, you know, kind of like a Jeff Foxworthy drawback, you know, of what not to do. And, or, you know, especially, you know, folks work working with they got TDIU and are out working every day and things like that, you know. But uh, reading those claims and those cases like that will kind of give, will show you, you know, in that situation what happened. You know, if a person can put it together and see what happened, and they can apply that to their own claim if it, if it applies. Yeah, so, it's, it's important to your studying. It is very important. I mean, you need to do your homework. You know, Veterans Claims and Hadit.com is an education, folks. You know, it takes a while to understand all the parameters involved because these parameters are, you know, they're they're life-changing parameters. You know, because, you know, life-changing. Well, Gerald, we've got a minute left, buddy. I appreciate you coming on and uh, helping us co-host on this show. I wanted to get it out there and get the message out there, and I think you did a really good job helping me deliver this message today. Well, I appreciate it, John, and I'm proud to be on. By golly, uh, anything that we can get the word out to the veterans, that's important. And, uh, Any chance we get. Uh, yeah. Uh, it Any might chance not we get. seem much to some, but to some it might seem like a whole lot. And that's what counts. So uh, we want to keep doing it as long as we can. Okay. Well, we're out of time, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. 
stay stay tuned next later on down the week and we'll do a we'll do a hat it show. So you guys have a good evening. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show.